You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to 24-year-old professional middle distance track runner Matt Ramsden. He shares with us just what it takes to get to the top in this thing we all love running. On Fit Mind Fit Body today, we have the pleasure of talking to Matt Ramsden all the way from Western Australia. Hello, Matt. Hey Michelle, how are you going? Really good. How are you? Yeah, good. What's the weather like over there today? <laughs> Honestly, weather. it's like probably our first day of winter, I'd say. Um, it was pretty cold this morning. I think when I ran, it was like 12 degrees. Um, so I was That's wearing cold. like long sleeve. Yeah. That's like freezing for us. That's I'm actually crazy. shivering right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I think maybe oh, it might have got down to three or four here in Tasmania, I think. This morning yeah. when we when we started our run, maybe it was more like nine. Actually it wasn't too cold. But yeah. we often do get down to yeah, we might start running, it'll be two or three degrees. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, pretty it's cool. It's weird for this time of year because this time of year in Perth is supposed to be like the best training temperature. It's meant to be like twenty and no wind at all, but for some reason, like it's windy and it's colder than usual. So, yeah, I'm pretty keen to get out of here. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how much, um, well, we don't need to have a climate um, conversation, but it's quite interesting how things are changing a lot in the weather. Like we've noticed yeah. in Tasmania the weather's quite different and I know a lot of the east coast of Australia's had different yeah. than usual, like unseasonal type of weather. Just, yeah, our, um, our summer hit early. Like we started getting heat waves pretty much in November. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, we broke our record for most um, most over 40 degree days in a mm. summer. So I think we got to like 14. Um, wow. But then our summer ended early and winter seems to have hit, hit early. Okay. So yeah it's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Although your winter's not really what we would call winter here in Tassie. <laughs> no, no, that's true. <laughs> Which is cool. All right, Matt, tell me a little bit about yourself from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Um. So I was actually born in South Africa, but we moved pretty young. I think I would have been about four years old. I moved to New Zealand okay. um, and we lived in ah. like a really small, um, really small town population of like 500 in summer and in winter, probably about a thousand because it was right on the foot of Mount Ropeo. So that's the center of the North Island. So skiing and, um, and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So my dad worked at the pulp mill and my mum worked at like the like tourism center there. Yeah. Um, we lived there for like five years and then my dad got a job in the mines working in Perth. So we moved across cause we got our New Zealand citizenship. Yeah. So we managed to get across and, um, yeah, so pretty much we got here 2005, I think. Um, and yeah, so that I became a West Coast Eagles supporter. They got beat by Swans that year. And, <laughs> um, then the next year we won the premiership. So I've always been like following. AFL that's kind of like where um that was probably the first like instance in my life of like getting interested in sport I was just like fixated on yeah Aussie rules um yeah I played a lot of basketball growing up and um 
I, I was always super active as a kid. Like I'd never really play PlayStation or I would never really be sitting still. Like my weekends would be wake up early, play basketball, play footy, play rugby. Um, yeah. So I was, yeah, I was always moving around. Um, and I remember, yeah, that carried on until pretty much all the way through high school. I was still really active. Like I just try and do as, as many sports as possible. But I'd say like my running career started only in high school. Like I was always talented. Um, yeah. Like, for example, in New Zealand, when I would have been probably five years old, I was doing like 6K runs with my parents um, <laughs> just because like uh, I didn't want to sit in the car and wait for them to go. So, so your parents are pretty active also? Like they're sporty? Um, yeah, my dad was a good boxer um, mm-hmm. growing up. Um, he, he was really good. And my mum, she's always been like pretty fit and healthy. She's been more into running. Um, yeah. But none of them were like super athletes. Probably my dad was closest to being like a really good athlete. Um, and then, yeah, but I think like I was always naturally talented at running, but I don't know if I got like the genes from them or anything. Maybe it was a bit of... <laughs> Like a bit of something at altitude, like um, growing up at altitude in New Zealand, because yeah. that that was like one thousand two hundred meters, I think. Oh, so wow. I was doing a lot of sport there, um, and then yeah, I was just super active in Perth. But yeah, like I was saying, when I got to high school, it was a Jap- my Japanese teacher actually got me into running because um, he he ran this thing called the the Hundred Club at yeah. our high school, and what pretty much like you go to school on Tuesday and Thursday and you run and you log your K's in um, this like room next to the staff room and yeah. all the kids who did the hundred club would get a free breakfast at school <laughs> and then sit eat and then go have a shower and then go to class. Yeah. And um, I became like obsessed. I just wanted to, cause what happened was they called it the hundred club. Cause every time you hit a hundred kilometer milestone, you get a badge presented <sighs> to you at, um, at assembly in yeah. front of the school. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, absolutely obsessed with this and um in my first term I think I hit like 500 k's um so I got five badges wow and then it re- it refreshes every term so you restart yeah. and um yeah so I just was running like eventually I like didn't even I wasn't even that interested in the running club I just came to school every day and started running because my dad started work early so I, instead of catching the bus I'd just go to school and run mm-hmm. and um, get a free breakfast and have a shower and then go to <laughs> go to school. So pretty much all, since I was like 12, I was doing at least like minimum of 8K a day before school. And then oh, I'd wow. still do like other sport after school. Sometimes I'd, well, when I started like training with a coach, um, that was probably when I was 15, when mm-hmm. I got a proper coach, I was doing yeah the runs before school and then I'd train to a harder session after school as well um so yeah I think by the time I was probably 15 I was doing 80 to 100k a week um yeah just yeah it is a fair bit um nothing compared to like what I run now I'm (laughs) more on like 100 miles a week now like 160 a week wow um yeah but that's pretty much where it started like I was always competitive into schools I'd always come first or second um yeah. until year 12 when I started beating everyone in WA um wow that was kind of like my breakthrough year 12 when I decided I wanted to be like a really good distance runner and now I'm a professional so that's how I make my, my money just running 
on that's the amazing. that's why I'm going overseas soon to race um like the Diamond League circuit. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. So we'll talk a bit a bit more about that in a sec. Can can you tell me a little bit about I'm interested in when you were a kid, it sounded like the badges really, you know, they kind of inspired you to keep going initially. But what after that it seems like it, you just as you said, you would just go running every day, not just on the days that were the run days or whatever, however it was set up. So your motivation yeah. obviously changed into something else. Can you remember why you decided that, you know, this was a good thing to keep doing even when it wasn't necessarily going towards the badges? So your motivation changed a little? Yeah, I think I know what, like, deep, deep down, I think I know what it was like. So I've come from two different countries, didn't really have a bunch of mates, yeah. and I needed some sort of identity in this new, because you're in high school, you're a little year seven, you want to be known for something. And um, I think like running was kind of the easiest way because like you're getting announced in front of the whole school, school of like 1,400 other students. So you get recognized for being a good athlete and um, it feels like they're all happy for you and they're proud to have you at their school. So yeah, that's kind of, and the thing with running is, um it's not discriminatory for age groups so i'd be running with the year 12s so like and you'd be competing against year 12s it's which is rare for like other sports team sports you get put in your age group group. and you're Mm. in footy Mm -hmm. versus other year sevens um for example um so yeah i think that was that was a thing initially like the badges were symbolic for that like the recognition Mm -hmm. of your hard work and after that um I soon realized I, I could get recognition outside of the school, but that mm-hmm. took a lot more harder work. So to make state teams and um, mm. Australian junior teams, um, that kind of thing. So I think that's, that's where that motivation mm. came from. I just started looking outside of the school and then eventually outside of the state. And um, yeah, my motivation just turned from um, like being known for being a good runner to actually myself wanting to be a good runner. So, and how do you handle the pressure? Like, because I have you know, a number of my friends have been state reps and, and, I, and even like I know a couple of Olympian type people and you just think that like, I feel pressure just turning up to an everyday marathon or start line or whatever and I'm just an everyday, you know, yeah. whatever runner, weekend runner and I still feel a lot of pressure and I've talked to a couple of my friends who are like state reps and things and they talk about the pressure and, and what they have to do to deal with that. How do you deal with that sort of, you know, pressure where you're yeah. not just running for yourself anymore? It's There's a bigger picture. Yeah, it is hard. It's probably like one of the hardest things about sport. Like every sport probably is like the stress and pressure of um, like meeting meeting your, your own expectations and others' expectations. But I think um, if you didn't, if you weren't like, if you didn't feel pressure and you weren't nervous, it means you you don't care. So mm-hmm. it's good that you feel a little bit of it. But um, I think you've, it always comes down to why you're doing it because you yeah. you love doing it. So um, you got to have fun with it. If if you get to a race and you just don't even want to race because you feel that stressed, it's probably not you're not doing the right things to like enjoy yourself doing yeah. it. So take take a step back and have a look at why you started in the first place. Yeah, just examine those reasons. So. Why do yeah. you do it? What is it about running that you love? Um, I think, honestly, it's just like personally trying to get 
better at something that you're one of the best in the world at like that's for me like yeah um just trying to improve I've always liked to I've always liked to like go through a process of um doing something every day to get better at Mm -hmm. and this is one of those things where it's a bit different to like skill sports because in in the most basic sense what you put into running is what you get out you've got to be clever like you can't just run as many miles as you want because you'll get hurt but you know that kind of thing you um what you put into it you'll get out and uh, that's what I like the the purity of running like um yeah I think that's why that's why I keep getting out the door every morning because I just want to improve and see how good I can get myself yeah so that's your real motivation now is just seeing what your body can do and how fast you can become if in your yeah yeah and it's also it's also like a huge social aspect of my life right now like all my friends are athletes um or runners so yeah I've got some friends that aren't runners um you need a bit of a combination but um yeah I think that's like I genuinely look forward to meeting up with my mates and training with them um every day so that's another reason why I like training's easy for me so how old are you now Matt I'm 24 you're a baby (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I've got kids who are older and younger than you. So <laughs> you're a baby. Um, where do you see yourself, say, in another 10 years when you're 35, for example? Um, it's hard to say whether or not I'll still be competing, like, at a high level because yeah. a lot of track runners just don't make it in on the roads, and that's usually what happens. Like, you'll have to head over to the roads after you turn maybe 32 yeah. 33 it's probably like the latest um and yeah it's hit or miss some guys just are no good at the road so um i'm in the last few subjects in a law degree so i don't really know what i want to do with that but we yeah, didn't even get um, into what else are you doing i just assumed just just running but obviously you're not yeah. just running <laughs> yeah no i've been i've been chipping away at that since 2017 so it has oh, been a, a long degree um oh, that's awesome. but yeah i always want to be involved in sport so hopefully i can use that somehow to like benefit other athletes in west australia and australia yeah so so you're kind of doing a part-time law degree at the moment so that you can focus on your running as well is that yeah yeah so i do it at deacon so it's all online and they've got a really good like athlete program where they look after you if you want to um do like elite sports and just um chip away like i did that's awesome so how far do you have how much more do you have to do with your law degree Oh, I've only got like four units left, so <laughs> that should be finished this year. But, yeah, it kind of depends like if it depends like sometimes you can't do the unit you want like at the end yeah. of the year, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't faced yet, but I when think. scheduled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so like I've only got a couple left. It might mm-hmm. be hard to get the ones I want when I want. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, based around your so. running schedule and, your, and their schedule kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not in a rush though. So, like as you can tell, I'm not in a rush to finish it. So <laughs> you're in a rush to do other enough. things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the running yeah. side. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I got a younger brother. He's 22. And is he a bit sporty too, or is he yeah? He's um, he's not um. He was never like as sporty as a youngster, and I think mm-hmm. that's what kind of what um, he, he's like handy at handy at sports now. Like yeah. I think he's run a 70 minute half marathon um and yeah he's run like 15 minutes for 5k but I think he he was just a different generation growing up where they had a bit like their friends would all come home from school and get straight on the playstation yeah I think so he missed a lot of those like like real 
um, yeah, important years of laying a foundation, like for mm-hmm. bone strength and muscle strength, like that kind of thing. Um, so he started running way later than me. Yeah. He probably only started running properly when he was like 16, um, like just jogging when he was 16. He was always into like Muay Thai and stuff, but yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's, I think he's just trying to like do gym and get ripped now. <laughs> <laughs> like all young men yeah <laughs> so your parents they must be very proud of you of the what you've been doing with your life and how you the direction you're heading in yeah yeah I think I think so I don't really talk about athletics with my parents um really? I've kind of banned banned them yeah because it's like it would be similar to like you coming home from your job and then everyone wants to talk to you about oh, work true. the whole time yeah and the hard thing is with athletics like um they don't see it as like a job to me. So um, Mm -hmm. they want to talk about what all the other runners in the world are doing and what other guys in your group are doing. But that's the last thing you feel like thinking about when you're at home. So I just want to have a break downtime. Yes. I'm just told both of them. Nah, I don't want to talk about that (laughs) when I'm at home. (laughs) So have you found that this is, I did some research a little while ago into study and running and how, in, in particular, it was about running, and you, you could apply it to a number of other sports, but this research was about running. And yeah. it was just how it helps us immensely when we're trying to focus. So in those study situations, especially in a, when you're doing a degree like you are, that ability to go out for a run and then come back and um, be able to focus on what you're studying at the time. Yeah, uh, you know, They've done all that looked at the brain and what's going on yeah, yeah. Um, and proved that actually it's a much, you can soak in and get, and get clarity much quicker yeah. when you've gone out and gone for a run than if you just got out, out of bed and started studying. Have you found yeah. that? Do you use it at all as a technique when you've got to get through some study? Yeah, I definitely remember like when I did waste exams, um, which is like, um, I don't know what you guys call it over there. It's like your big exams in year 12, like your ATAR. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. when we did those, I'd always try and jog like very little, just like half an hour or whatever yeah. before my first exam. Just And I just felt like it warms your body up and like mm. wakes you up. And also the most important thing I think is when you jog on your own, you think more deeply about things. So you, yeah. it clears your head and you can like kind of think – I don't know, like often I'll be stuck on something in it, like my current assessments and I'll be on a run at night and everything will start making a bit more sense and I'll think of things at a different angle. Mm-hmm. And then I come back and literally like before I even shower, I'm like, I need to write this down and I'll jot some shit down. And then um, after I'll go shower, come back and it all makes sense. That's but then cool. I can just bust out like two hours of work with no, no like interruptions. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that you worked out how to use it because I think it is a very yeah. valuable thing that a lot of people don't uh, don't realize. I know when I'm running, I come up with great ideas. I think, but I, the longer I run, the greater the ideas I think the ideas are. And then I get home, and then I realize actually those ideas, especially on a long run when there's less oxygen in my brain, yeah, they, were, they weren't so good after all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it seems to be yeah. you know based on how it could also I be run. like yeah it could also be like too much time so you're overthinking things yeah yeah that's yeah. true <laughs> i love that yeah. what kind of law do you want to study what's your interest um or practice i should say honestly i, I haven't really thought about it like it sounds stupid i'm almost finished but i've thought about exactly what i want to oh. do but 
Um, no rush. Like the best subject I was, I, I did at was um, contract and I was, I've done pretty well so far. I'm doing like my finishing my commercial and international commercial law. Yeah. So something like that would probably be um, easier for me just because yeah. I excelled at it. But I don't know. Just, yeah, whatever. There's probably yeah. actually like you could, because I'm often, I've been in business um, most of my life in one way or another. I was just thinking there must be ways you could combine law and sport or you know, law and running. So because there yeah. would be some intersections there that you could probably explore yeah. in the future if you felt like it. So. Well, most of the um, managers have law degrees, like most oh, okay. of the athlete managers. So even if you're like a oh. AFL manager, like an agent or yeah. like tennis agent, you'd, most of them have law degrees because you got to understand like how contractual, contractual relationship yeah. works. And Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just think of them as people who, I don't know, organize stuff and get paid for it. <laughs> you know, they organize, yeah. you know, who they're going to talk to and what's, yeah, how they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I never thought about that side of it but yeah that totally makes sense yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> the modern day agents um in athletics they'll have like at least business degrees or um law degrees as well oh wow yeah um what is your big goal at the moment like you said you're heading away to do um, yeah some track season stuff tell us tell us yeah. about what your big goals are at the moment with, with your running. well um this year we've got the world world championships and um also Com- commonwealth games but they haven't selected the team like officially but mm-hmm. um i should like i should get selected i'm pretty yeah. confident um which distance is your favorite we haven't really talked about that um, either really. i'll do the fi- the 1500 mm-hmm. and um i won nationals in the 5k so that's like a backup for me if um i don't get selected in the 15 i'll try yeah. it on the 5k um but yeah in the 1500 my goals make the final um at world champs and hopefully top five at the com games wow yeah it kind of depends though like um i had a rough year last year so this year it depends a lot on how my first few races go Mm -hmm. um just to see like that'll help me build momentum and confidence and then my goals might change after that so with this is a far out question because you'll be in 12 years obviously in that middle of your 30s which will feel ancient for you at the moment <laughs> thinking about yeah. that um when we get it's the olympics is it that is coming or the com games is it com games coming yeah. to brisbane oh that's um is it the, the olympics games? in 2032 is in brisbane and then ah, com games go. com games is in Melbourne, regional right? victoria yeah oh yeah there you go. so so there's a whole bunch of that you know uh yeah, yeah. national representation stuff coming up within australia but it's sort of just on that edge of where you said you thought maybe your competitive career would be. If yeah. you find, I mean, it's just a throw out question, really. If you find that you're doing really well up to, you know, in your early thirties, is that, that's something you would try and stick around for? Like, is that, I guess it's country representation. Is that as it appears from, for those of us who are not capable of representing our country in sport, really, unless we're doing age group stuff. Um, <laughs> is that something yeah. that is a real desire i suppose like a real pull to be able to to stay at that level for a while Mm. yeah representing your country is like always um it's always like the best experience and it's something that like every athlete desires but um in athletics like it also a big determination of what makes you like um continue on with the sport is if you 
get a decent contract and you can live off that contract. Yeah. Um, so most contracts you'll sign for four years. Some I've got two years or three years left on this current contract. If I get another one after that, then for sure I'll keep going until I'm, mm. I think I'll be 31 at the end of that one. Yeah. And then if you get another like two year one, maybe after that, then you keep going. But um, yeah, like if you don't get a good contract, the sport is quite hard. You'll have to do other things to work or um, you'll have to like make sure you're um, winning like a lot of races to make up for the money on your base contract. So kind of is thing. It, where who's, where's the contract coming from? Is that coming from government? Is that nah, government um, contract or sponsorship? Oh, nah, so it's some i'm sponsored by nike so um yeah like usually your main sponsor will be from a shoe brand and then you can get another one from like a nutrition brand and then some people have like a watch brand or whatever yeah for example yeah okay i said so we really should have way more athlete development stuff at government level shouldn't we yeah the government level stuff is based around um it's a bit weird like after i think it was after rio it changed or maybe i think it was after london london 2012 it changed and Mm -hmm. pretty much all this stuff is based off like medals now which isn't really like ideal for development in sport because um a lot of kids like they don't they don't look so much as like oh that's an event with um like they're winning medals in that event Mm. um that doesn't quite translate to like people like registrations or whatever in little athletics um Mm. so yeah the money could be used a bit better than just Mm. focusing on medals um but yeah at the moment that's how it is it might change though after the next olympics you don't know like yeah how long the cycle is yeah interesting all right tell me what does your running look like at at the moment so you're training and what does it look like because those of us who just you know, run three or four times a week and then do other kinds of exercise um, in between. Yeah. What does it look like when you're a professional athlete? Yeah. So um, my training actually doesn't change that much throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. I only have two weeks break a, a year. Um, wow. Cause yeah, the, it's important that you have like an, <laughs> yeah, it's important you have like an accumulation of training um, to like get fit. Um, but yeah, at the moment I'm doing so 30 minutes on Monday, 30 minutes in the morning, 60 mm-hmm. minutes at night, and I'll do like mm-hmm. my um, hip mobility over hurdles and a few strides and plyometrics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then Tuesday, 30 minutes in the morning, and I'll do like my hardest session of the week, which is a track session. It's usually like we always do 4K warm up, cool down, and then um, it'll be like 10K worth of work on the track. Wednesday gym in the morning and then long run I do 21k like 90 minutes in the afternoon usually um usually like in Kings Park in Perthia yeah, um I know that. Thursday 30 minutes in the morning and then I'll do like 10 to 12k worth of threshold at night so that's just yeah. like um so threshold for those who don't know is you're pretty much running at like in the most basic sense 80 percent of your max effort mm. um then Friday do an hour in the morning and 30 at night or 30 mm-hmm. in the morning hour at night depending on like who i'm running with um mm-hmm. and i usually do some exercises as well like throughout um after one of those runs um and then saturday i do my normal warm-up cool down and then we have this like hills loop which is 8k um yeah. in bold park which is like super steep hills but 
the aim of the session is you'll run hard up the hills and then you'll cruise down the hills and it's um pretty much like a strength building and speed session okay. um so that's that's pretty hard but it doesn't like wreck you like a track workout yeah um yeah then have that night off um or i'll do gym and then um sunday i'll do my long run over in helena valley so that's really hilly um mm-hmm. we do like 23 k's to about an hour 40 hour 45 yeah and usually have the night off where i'll do gym if i didn't do gym saturday so all up that's about 160k a week yeah i'm tired (laughs) yeah yeah do you find you're doing most of those with other people like you were talking yeah 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 Yeah. this morning i jogged on my own just because i haven't jogged on my own for a a while and i wanted Mm -hmm. to like just sometimes you want to take it a bit easier or whatever or think about things and then um yeah but every other day this week i ran with someone so so just yeah. like different squads and whatever that you happen to be oh, i've got a I, I coach here so i've got a group that i coach oh. of about 16 to 20 athletes um yeah. so yeah usually i'll catch up with the the faster guys in that group and run with them yeah yeah wow so do you ever just relax or does it feel like because this is your job that it's important that you oh sorry Siri just talked to me um (laughs) (laughs) that was weird um yeah so do you you ever just like have what is your what does downtime feel feel like to you I should probably say I know you said you have two weeks off but you just um yeah you just told us about all the things you do and that was seven of the days of the week and there is only seven days of the week so like what does downtime look like for you what um, do you call it so usually like because i do my morning run at eight and my afternoon run at 4 30 like you try and give yourself as much rest in between so mm. um i always make sure like no matter what i'm doing during the day at 1 30 i'll take a 90 minute sleep like a 90 okay. minute nap it's not really a nap like you're having yeah. a full rem cycle um i just found like to Im- improve my recovery from last season like one of my stuff ups was my recovery wasn't quite where it needed to be and that's mm-hmm. helped me now so um i rest i rest a lot in that sense um but and i'll do like two to three hours of work a day like uni or whatever i need to do mm-hmm. whether that's like uni or like house work or whatever um yeah. just do about three three hours max and then the rest is kind of like i'll chill out um mm-hmm. eat a lot and sleep yeah. and then by the time I wake up at three, it's like time to get ready for training. Um, I'll eat something again and yeah, just kind of stretch a bit, chill out and then go train. Um, so yeah, it's not really like a hard lifestyle. Um, it's actually pretty easy to be honest, but yeah, it's just, you got to be careful. You just got to be like real sensible with what you do. Yeah. Um, Assume your nutrition, you have to be pretty careful about what you're eating and things as well. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's probably the most annoying part. Like (laughs) when you're really hungry and you want to, um, you want to get someone to eat, but you got to put a bit of effort in. So it's not unhealthy. Yeah. 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 Wow. So you did say you don't run much by yourself, even though you do sometimes, but yeah. uh, normally I ask people whether they listen to things. So when you do run by yourself, do you listen to anything or is it that yeah. time for yourself? Yeah. Like I'll always, I change it up. Like some, mm. like this morning I just listened to music cause that like helps me just think about stuff and um, yeah, that's like relaxing, but sometimes um, I'll run, listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll listen to Brett and Joel's, 
podcast for the kudos um, yeah. that they've just started. I'll listen to that. And then sometimes I'll listen to news podcasts or when I'm in Europe, I'll listen to the radio so I can like listen to the AFL over here. So, yeah. yeah. What do Brett and, and Joel talk about? Um, they Theirs is a lot different to your podcast. Like they'll, they go through their weekly training each week. So it's pretty oh, much cool. like a training diary yeah. and then they'll get guests on and they'll just kind of have a laugh and like yeah. muck around on there a bit. Um, and then they do one question and answer. So someone will write in um, or they'll get, they'll put up a question and answer thing on their social media and people will write in and ask questions. And then they'll dedicate a 30 minute episode to them just answering questions oh, um, nice. because they're both professional runners as well. So yeah, um, they get a lot of questions that like casual runners or um, mm. run, up and coming runners mm. want to know. So, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll link to them in the show notes because that's always cool. To, yeah, uh, yeah, you should. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like a really awesome podcast. Yeah. You actually. can even get one of them on on here. Like, um, yeah. They'll be happy to come chat as well. Yeah. They're, they're good, we'll good guys. That. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Um, all right. So, some of the questions I ask everybody are things like, we already talked a bit, a bit about your running identity. Actually, that's an interesting. When do you think you called yourself a runner? Like, it sounds like you've been running since you were, you know, a kid. Yeah. Quite a young kid. But when do you think you identified yourself as a runner in your own head? Um, I'd probably say when I got a proper coach. So that was when I was, it would have been 2013. I reckon that's when okay. I got myself a proper coach. And yeah. that's when I was like, yeah, I'm a runner now. Because um, that's when he kind of, made me choose between team sports and um team sports and like just athletics yeah. so i obviously chose athletics and stuck and with that are. yeah <laughs> uh, have you had many injuries <laughs> yeah i've torn my achilles like twice i've torn oh. my plantar fascia um Ouch. i haven't had any bone injuries touch wood um mm. and yeah just like the like Honestly, just those lower leg injuries were the serious ones, but nothing, nothing else has mm. been too serious. Yeah. So when you have had an injury, how does it feel if you can't run for a little while? Um, have you dealt with that? It's not, it's like, it is annoying because in the sense that like, you feel like you're getting unfit and you're just, mm. your goals are like falling further and further away. But um, it's nice to have a bit of change of scenery. So you'll spend a bit more time in the gym. Um, mm. and you'll go on like the the stationary bike or like elliptical or someone like that um, or in the pool so you and also like if you're hard-headed like me try and like um, make yourself a lot stronger in the areas you're weak so yeah. then your goals become like you get new goals kind of thing yeah um, but yeah for a lot of people it's like it sucks people who don't like gym it would be so hard yeah it does. Those of us who are like me, who mostly just run, although I have done some gym and some of the other bits and pieces, but, you know, as casual runners, there are some of us who are just obsessed about running and we find it hard to do anything else. So on those occasions when we can't yeah. run for some reason, it's very depressing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, and you, everybody's running. It doesn't like, you just see everyone oh, exactly, running. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> I just want to yeah, go yeah. run. It's crazy. Um, the best so, thing is like, you just got to be vigilant with your, um, with like your um, prehab stuff so you never never get injured. Yes, yeah, so that doesn't happen. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, 
Well, what do you think, is, what would you recommend to reduce your chances of getting injured? What are your best tips for that? Um, I reckon a huge thing for why people get injured is their hips get tight. Like uh, Vlad, Vlad actually taught me this. Um, he t- like doing a bit of like basic Pilates and like stretching around your hips and like your groin area um, and even just making sure your hamstrings are loose like that that helps heaps um yeah and then your hip mobility as well like if you can if you don't have hurdles just have an imaginary hurdle there and mm-hmm. like a couple times a week just lifting your legs over that imaginary hurdle just so you free up all in your hips and your lower back um yeah because the body's like a the body's like a big chain if you think about it like you could have a sore shoulder mm-hmm. and i kid you not if i have a sore shoulder sometimes my achilles will flare up like so yeah. Yeah, you got to be so like just things that you think don't matter. Like in if your arm or your shoulder sore, like it actually probably will cause an injury. So the best thing is just make sure every part of your body is stretched and warm before you start uh, trying to go hard. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. Um, only because I had a sore shoulder this morning. <laughs> yeah. I did actually have a sore shoulder this morning. I needed to be careful. Mind you, I just ran slow today, so that was okay. Um, yeah. How long do you think you'll run for? So not necessarily competitively, just run. How long do you think running will be a part of your life? Yeah. Um, I actually don't know because when I was when I was like 17 or uh, when I was probably 18 or 19, it was 2017, I thought I don't want to run past like 26. But now I'm yeah. think, I, I actually would prefer to run past 30. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just it honestly depends on how your body's holding up and how motivated you are because I think once you lose that spark, it's hard to get it back and so, it's probably like game over. <laughs> Gosh, uh, I'm just thinking of, like, I think I started running as an adult when I was about your age <laughs> and I'm yeah. now 53 still running. And it, do you think though, so you, there's also that because you run competitively and so that is a hard gig it really is. Um and, and takes a lot of, there's a lot of pressure and stuff involved with that. So when yeah. you think about running, do you always think about it as that kind of high pressured activity? Yeah. Or can yeah. you, are you able to, or do you think in the future when you're old like me, you might just go running for the sake of running and rather than for the competition and therefore take it easier and, and just in, uh, have a different kind of relationship with it, I suppose. Is that something you think that you'll do or... Love yeah it. yeah definitely um like the the thing with me though and it, it comes back to the reason i'm running is yeah. once i know i can't get any better it won't be i won't want to compete like it'll be a thing of old jog to keep fit but i'll probably join like a golf like a private golf club and I, try yeah. and become like really good at golf yeah. but that's just how i've always been in my head if i do something i want to be like one of the best at it and yeah. i can't ever see myself running and getting beat by guys who I know I'm better than just because I don't have the time to like train and stuff. So, and then we start us old people. That's when we start really looking at the age groups. It's like, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm like the fastest in the, you know, yeah. <laughs> 50 yeah, to exactly. 55 or whatever. Yeah. And so then you look around you and you think, I wish all those yeah. really fast people in my age group would stop running now so that when we get into our sixties or whatever, they, they don't run yeah. anymore. And then I have a better chance. Anyway. Well, that's the thing. Like everyone's different. Um, you starting late has probably helped you like starting running later because now you've you've got that big window of 
um, trying to improve yourself and yeah. you like, you don't know when you where your best days actually were. So yeah. you just trying to compete in your age group is always good. But for me, like um, once you go from diamond leagues or yeah. like even having state records and stuff to just getting beat by like average runners, it's just not <laughs> as fun. You know, you don't get those like goosebumps on your arms when you're racing. Or... I was actually a sprinter at school. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I had like a, I had a, a, I don't know, 10 years off with kids and, and yeah. things and then went running again. Um, oh, so okay. I think I've had my, <laughs> my yeah. running. I'm really just doing for the love of it now. Um, but I do understand what you're saying there because my dad, he's a golfer and he loves golfing. And when he does um, come around after a match, it'll usually be, oh, I got a hole in one today or I was, why, what, you know, yeah. he's always trying to get his handicap. Da, 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 da. So I understand. Yeah that mentality and that wanting to do better at whatever you're doing. But I guess also what I hear from you is that, you know, that you will keep moving like that's a, that'll oh, be something because fitness yeah. and that, oh. you know, we talked about your parents and that's something I imagine is yeah. what they've given you as well. That knowing that even when you're an adult, you know, you would have seen them when you were a child, they were still being, you know, physical and doing uh, physical activity rather than just sitting around. So uh, they've given you that example that when you get older, um, that yeah. being fit is something you want. It's not something that you're, okay, my sporting career is now over and I'll just be a lawyer yeah. and sit in an office for the yeah. next 40 years or something. Yeah. No, I'll always be jogging. I think like one, once a runner, always a runner kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I just think, I'll never want to like get overweight and look at myself and just be disgusted kind of thing. So <laughs> I'll always try and move around and keep like relatively fit. Yeah. Oh, I think, and it's good for staying fit is good for everything for life. Like I, it just yeah. can't be under underestimated, especially going into a career like that could be potentially quite a sedentary career. Uh, which like yeah. mine is, I have to sit in front of this desk <laughs> to the rest of my work. Um, so if I didn't run or do have some other kind of physical outlet, I imagine it would be very unhealthy for me. So yeah, um, I think it helps and I want to live for a long time. <laughs> so it's yeah. important <laughs> for me. Um, all right. So if you didn't, if you hadn't started running, what is it do you think in your life you might be missing? Um. I think if I wasn't running, I would have continued with basketball um, and maybe even like played AFL, like try to mm-hmm. try Aussie rules football. Don't know if I would have been good enough to play AFL, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I would have tried, but yeah. Um, I think those are the only two sports that come to mind that I would have been like decent at in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really see, like I don't feel like I've missed out on a social life or anything. Um, I'm not really that interested in that stuff anyway. So, so you've never yeah, been nah. like you know uh, when teenagers hit the supposedly 18, but sometimes it's a bit younger, and they yeah. hit that sort of party scene. That was never something that you were attracted to. No, nah, not really. Like I, I didn't really care that much for like late nights or um like anything like that. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I don't know like. I'll, if people invite me out, um, I'll go, but I won't stay long and I won't like go over the top um, drinking or whatever. But yeah, again, it just relate, it just like relates back to my goals. Does this yeah. fit in with my goals? Not really. So I'm yeah. not that interested. 
because you're, <laughs> you're pretty driven. So I, I think maybe what running has, well, helped you with, you, you're always very driven by the sound of it, no matter what sport you had chosen, but it's given you that focus um, yeah. for your drive. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. To get out of bed every day, <laughs> which is yeah. not always that easy. Yeah. Um, is there anything about running that you want to share that you don't think we've touched on? Um, I just think like probably if I was going to give any advice to people listening to this podcast that maybe are like they've just started running or they want to um they want to get get more into running um is probably you got to start easy and make sure you're enjoying it um like. A lot of people, they try to get out the door and go hard. Honestly, if you're just moving, like the best thing for you to do is start doing 20 minutes of one minute on, one minute walk, like just things like that and get your body used to moving before you try and push it. And um, if you if you start easy and you just have like a lower heart rate, um, before you know it, after a month, you're, you'll have that same low heart rate, but you'll be moving 20 to 30 seconds a kilometre faster. Mm. So um, that's the biggest mistake people make is they like my dad he, he he runs a bit he's done a few marathons but um he's a bit overweight now trying to get back into it and he just is trying to like run way too fast so he gets yeah. home all in a sweat you can he's all flustered you can tell he didn't enjoy it his yeah. knees and ankles probably hurt and um yeah you just got to keep keep training so that you want to come back mm. um yeah that's probably the best advice that i can give i love that um the enjoyment of running, to me, that's quite important. And it sounds like for you, you enjoy, you do enjoy the running that you do, even though it's obviously some of it, a lot of it is quite hard because you, you put yeah. yourself through all those, um, you know, the speed work and the hill work and all of that, that and intervals and things. Um, but it is one of those, if you don't enjoy some part of what you're doing, it's very hard to keep up the training that's yeah. required even for those of us who just run um casually it's if we don't be consistent with our training then yeah. ev- everyone like you just described your father's running it can it everyone could be not much fun and what why would you keep doing it it's yeah so much harder to get out the door when everyone yeah. is not fun <laughs> the other thing that people don't understand is like so some people, most people start running in their like late 30s to 40s to lose mm-hmm. weight. You don't actually lose weight by if your heart rate's too high. You want, you need mm-hmm. your heart rate to be within a certain bracket to lose weight. So mm-hmm. <laughs> enjoying it and losing weight actually goes hand in hand because yeah, um, if you're, if you're running too hard, you're probably not enjoying it as much unless you're a psychopath like me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but, Give me the pain, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> yeah but um that's an interesting fact that's real that's a fact and um it's really interesting that you point that out there's a number of people in my running club who are doing the heart rate um a lot of the heart rate stuff at the moment uh and and a few of them actually who are also doing like i can't remember if it's based on a kilometer or timing but might be run five minutes walk 30 seconds run yeah that kind of thing so they're breaking it up so it's not all just hard flat out slog there's actually these you know, like an interval, either a break or they're having to keep their heart rate below a certain yeah. thing as well, which also slows them down a bit yeah. and makes it and more the, enjoyable. 
yeah, and the better you get, like the less rest you need, and eventually you won't need a rest. You can run for an hour nonstop um, with your heart rate still being fairly low the whole time. That's when you're probably ready to start doing like workouts and changing it up after that. Yeah. So yeah, I found um, last year I did sixty k all based on heart rate um, stuff from a coach that I had in the Netherlands, and yeah. Um, I had a whole a whole bunch of tricks to try and keep my heart rate down. And even things like my thoughts, I found if I was, you know, when it had a busy day and I had crazy things going through my head, my heart rate stayed up until I started, you know, saying to myself, you know, just focus on being here right now rather than thinking about yeah, yeah. whatever was driving me crazy. Um, and my heart rate would come down. So even my thoughts had some um, control over what my heart rate did. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was yeah like, for sure. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how we don't really know a lot about our bodies, and then, <laughs> even yeah, though we walk is, around in them all day long. <laughs> yeah, as simple of a sport it is, it is, it is quite complicated. Like if you start trying to become um, like a, a really good athlete and the most out of yourself, like yeah. all the, the real scientific stuff starts to matter. What fascinates you the most about it? Um. I honestly think like the best distance runners in the world and the best middle distance runners in the world are probably the closest, like the closest human beings to being like animalistic as, like, as you can get. Like if you think of, for example, Kipchoge, the best marathoner in the world, like him running, him being able to run um, a marathon averaging 250 per kilometer, like that's probably the like absolute epitome of, um, human athleticism yeah Yeah. i I honestly don't know of many other athletes in the world that you could compare to like how crazy that is Mm. um yeah because a lot of other sports obviously a school like school related like tennis players have to be crazy fit but also their the skill comes into play but it's hard to like put a like pinpoint exactly like how to get that good um like a lot of practice and all that but it could also be um like maybe Nick Kiros, his hand-eye coordination is better than other guys' fitness is down. Mm-hmm. Whereas like um, Djokovic, for example, his fitness is obviously a lot better than Kyrgios. Um, he's a better player than Kyrgios, but you know, you can, you can weigh up different things. Whereas like Kipchoge, he's just an absolute like animal being able to run that pace for so long. Um, it's just like bait, like real basic of how like crazy that, to explain to another person like it's just yeah it's kind of hard for me to explain um but when you watch athletics up close and you do the training yourself and you start to realize like these that these are crazy human beings and that what they've been able to do and achieve and make it look effortless like it's yeah yeah well just like um just like some of the workouts we do as well and even like some guys who um they're real talented but they're not um world class moat like you could take any like pretty much most people in the population of the world wouldn't be able to do like a quarter of that session or even like one rep of it yeah um yeah <laughs> i totally agree <laughs> do yeah. you think you'll run a marathon is that oh yeah have you run yeah a is that something no you i haven't i will yeah. i will do one eventually but um yeah way way later down the track yeah that'll be your Casual running days. Yeah. <laughs> unless yeah, you probably. unless you get into your 30s and come off the track and go, actually, I'm pretty good at this long distance stuff now. <laughs> yeah. That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 
that happens, doesn't it? People do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like good good track runners become marathon runners in the future. Yeah, when, for sure. As they get older. Yeah, because they've already yeah. got that discipline, yeah, that's, which is what you have a yeah, lot Yeah, that's of. what happened to Kip Chogi. He used to be a yeah. track runner. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we go, I just wanted to ask you your opinion on strength work. Because um, Yeah, I think it's – yeah, it's very important. Um, I do it twice a week in yeah. in win like in my um base period. I do it three times a week sometimes as well. Okay. Um, but you don't need to you don't need to go all out. It's supplementary to your training, so you want to do like forty five minutes to an hour, no more than that is mm-hmm. needed for runners. Um, and depending on your distance, if you're a marathoner or you're just a casual runner, probably thirty minutes is enough because all you want to do is strengthen the put load on the tendons and strengthen the muscles so yeah um yeah and it doesn't even really matter what you're doing as long as you're strengthening each core muscle group in some in some way um the only time it more specific work is required is if you you've got reoccurring injuries and Mm -hmm. things like that then you need to do what i do for my achilles for example when you want to do like isometric hold yeah interesting yeah i need to get into i yeah i'm a terrible pretty normal casual runner in that yeah. I just mostly run <laughs> even though I know I need to do strength work and I have had periods in my life when I have done it but I yeah. just don't do that much of it at this moment that I don't need to <laughs> because then I won't get into it and that would be yeah you won't and it'll make you more efficient and um you'll probably even start running faster what <laughs> yeah more strength in your legs yeah that's a good point I'm doing a lot of um We've got a new dog. I'm doing a lot of walking, uh, which we live on the top of a hill, very like a one kilometer steep hill. So yeah. whenever we come home, we have to walk up the hill. And I'm like, this is good for my legs. <laughs> yeah, no, for, and be. for my running. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what I'm doing personally. All right. Matt, I have um, kept you up long enough. In, um, you should be about ready to go to bed now, from what you said, <laughs> to have a nap. <laughs> be almost yeah, it's 12, afternoon. It's 12 o'clock here, so yeah, <laughs> so, pretty much almost lunch. I got an hour and a half. And then you can have a nap. <laughs> yeah. And then some more training tonight. I do appreciate the time that you spent in sheds and stuff with it. It's been awesome. Yeah, no worries. You. Um, you're a young man going places and you're full of motivational stuff. So I do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Don't go anywhere. I'll just talk to you off the recording and stuff. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmind fitbody.co and I'll see you there plus I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode and before you go I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review it'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running I'll see you soon bye